0: To Reading the Bible Together podcast. I am your host, Angela Smith, and today we are talking about Luke chapter 8. My guest is a friend and someone who's very, very special to me. My guest today is producer for Afternoons with Bill Arnold, Rosie Browsen. Welcome, Rosie. Thank you. I love that introduction. You are special to me. This is going to be a little love fest. I (laughs) know. I'm
1: already gagging.
0: The people who are listening are yeah. gagging. They're it's like, really, oh, jeez, everybody buckle up. And I was almost going to sing the opener to Bill's show, but Please don't. let's, yeah, let's, Please don't. Just, let's not do that. Let's sidestep that one. So we are going to be talking, we're talking about Luke 8. Where do you want to start? What has stuck out to you in Luke 8?
1: Well, there's so much to Luke 8. There's so much to Luke. Luke mm-hmm. is so unique. And in that uniqueness, I love the way it opens. And, you know, it's not just because we're two women sitting here talking about Luke 8 and the three women he talks about, which is very unique to Luke. Mm -hmm. Um, That makes it interesting to me as a person, as a woman, but really, Angela, it makes it interesting to me because of Jesus. You know, we think of him as a shepherd. We think of him as our Savior. He was radical. Yeah, He was on fire, tough, and in your face in the kindest, wonderful, most firm way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And just, and the way he did it was so subtle and so profound all at the same time. And so for Luke to open with Mary Magdalene, excuse me, um, Joanna, and Susan, I think, right? Is Susan the
0: Parents, business manager. Oh, wife of Cousa. Susanna, yes. Susanna.
1: Go on. (laughs) And so those three women just that little first, you know, it, what is it, three verses, the mm-hmm. first three verses of Luke 8, to me speak, and and you know, Scripture talks to us, right? It does. And so when I started thinking about why did he name these three women, right. right? Mary Magdalene was a harlot. You know, she represented the worst that women can be. Then you have Joanna, who was actually in the palace, right, and had some role through her husband of notoriety of some sort.
0: He was the business manager for Herod. I mean, right. that's like the leader of the land, Where really. a non-Jewish leader. Exactly. A Gentile leader.
1: I know. So you have these women of different position, and we don't know enough about Susanna, but she was there too. And so to me, I'm thinking of all the roles that women have in our world and where the enemy can take us in our gender whether it be by choice or by victimhood. Um, they're they represented in these three names and that God would see them, that he would call them into his flock, that they would be able to listen and to learn because that's very different for women of that age. You know, women were not of Disciples, that time. right, They were not able to be taught by the rabbi. So the rabbi of heaven mm-hmm. is teaching them and they also, in their learning, they also have this opportunity to support, which biblically, women who were destitute or widowed, they were lost, Mm -hmm. you know, because they couldn't support themselves. So here these women are helping support the men, which is also counter-cultural. And so to me, the significance of these three women in in just their names speaks volumes of Christ.
0: Right. And I think we see that Luke does that, in his whole account. He does. You see the the important role that women played in in the ministry that Jesus did and as followers of Jesus right. that we don't necessarily see that in the other gospel accounts. We don't and and I guess I haven't really heard them. I haven't heard their stories being told or heard them mentioned. You know the mm-hmm. the roles that women played Some In in stories that we've heard, we don't hear about the the women's part in it. Does that make sense?
1: We don't. And and we also don't think, I mean, so just take this little story right here, and you think of the pastors of our world today and the platforms that they have. And you might think of, you know, name a pastor, Chip Ingram. There are a host of people behind Chip Ingram Mm -hmm. that are allowing him to turn on his mic. Right. Right? And I think these women are named here. And they they could be named men just as well, but that whether you are on the platform or whether you are a support person in your church allowing the gospel message to get out by your funds that you donate, by showing up and wiping down tables, whatever your role is, in the Lord's eyes, that's equally important. Mm -hmm. And it's a great reminder that, you know, I think in our humanness, in our pride, everybody always thinks of themselves as maybe the general versus... You know the boot washer <laughs> mm-hmm. um, in an army, and yet the boot washer is just as important. And I, well, and and I our think, general washed boots. Yes, he did, right? Mm-hmm. And that you're giving that oh, chapter twenty two away. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. Just a little insight that we're going to talk about twenty two and God's kingdom as a gen, as a king um, in servitude. But that's a little sneak peek.
0: Well, and also, I mean, to that end, mentioning that Joanna was Herod's business married to Herod's business manager mm-hmm. that because we see later that Herod had heard about Jesus and was anxious to meet him so that's just a little sneak peek of what's coming up in 22 but it's going to reference back to here because I think that's an important piece to think about it is is, is it because of Joanna that he knew i mean we don't know but
1: we don't just know imagining but if you imagine your own marriage any marriage mm-hmm. you know a husband and a wife it's like iron versus you know if he sharpens iron you do have influence together. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I do think it's a little inkling, you know, and and a nod to understanding where your influence is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a big word today. Be an influencer. right? And, And so what does that mean? Does it, you could be the mother of the next somebody. You could be the father of the next somebody and your influence is for one person, or it could be broad. Right. But, to trust the Holy Spirit that because he dwells within you, you change a room just by walking into it. Mm-hmm. And and to be aware of that.
0: Yes, to take your influence and your leadership seriously mm-hmm. and to be purposeful. Exactly. It, I think.
1: And not pride-driven. Right. Right? Ooh, that'll preach. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ooh, I'm on my okay. box.
0: <laughs> I'm on my soapbox now. Okay. And so then we move on and we have the parable of the farmer scattering seeds. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love this one. Yeah. You know, when I first came to know Christ, I prayed that I was—I was good soil. That I mm-hmm. was let the seed that fell and let me be good soil. I don't want to be choked out.
1: Right? Isn't that a beautiful prayer? Because I think that's the prayer of all of us. And actually if I'm being 100% transparent, and it's so easy to be 100% transparent when you don't know the other people listening to
0: this. (laughs) It's just us in a room. It's just us in a room
1: that might go to thousands of people. (laughs) But um, I would have to say where I am now in my journey, I can see in different places of rebellion and rejection that I would listen to from the enemy's voice that I was all of those seeds, Mm. that those seeds were strangled out And um, that those seeds fell on rocky soil when I was in rebellion and I didn't want to listen. Mm -hmm. And what I love about this parable is that God's not done with us. You know, when you have a handful of seed, the farmer throws it out. He goes back into his bag and gets more. And it's not a one-time deal with God. He comes and he seeks you over and over and over again. And it's in his diligence and his persistence that, that broke me into the best, in the best ways of humility where I realized that good soil, that the good soil I desired was an obedient heart and a faith-filled heart and really trusting what God did on those hills of on the hill of Calvary and who I am in his eyes, that took pursuit from him in my life. And that's really hard to say because I wish I had listened the first time, but you know, I think just sin nature is rebellious.
0: Well, and I think it's a part of everybody's process mm-hmm. is that there's that, that stretching, that growing, that getting out of your comfort zone, that that dying, mm-hmm. that sanctification process of dying to self and letting, you know, bits of your sinful... You know, like I was going to say humanity. I'm not sure if that's the right word, but... I kind of like it. Yeah, to let things... It's our flesh, right? Yeah, to let flesh, parts of your flesh die. That it doesn't... I mean, Jesus accomplished it all, yeah. but there's also, we also play a role in letting it go and letting it die and not and, picking it back up and trying and, to like stick it back on. Right.
1: And it's in that play, playing that role that this scripture um, reminded me of Colossians two eight. Can I read it? Mm-hmm. And I have to pull it away because I'm not sure I can see my Bible. Um, it says, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception according to the traditions of men according to the elementary principles of the world rather than according to Christ I think um, the responsibility Jesus chases after us our responsibility to keep on turning ourselves to him to give ourselves to him because without him we can't do it that is sacred soil to guard and especially in our world today, our temperature today, anxiety and worry, I God had to remind me that the gospel isn't afraid of what's going on,
0: right? Like yeah, He's all too familiar with it.
1: He's all too familiar with it. So where's my soil? Like, what is the state of my soil? What what am I having faith in? What am I remembering and, and being distracted from? And when I say remembering, what do I know happened on the hill of Calvary? I know Jesus triumphed over Everything today, and so my faith has to keep on turning back to that. The soil has to be rich. I have to take guard of my thoughts in today's world, and make sure that I keep on aligning them to Christ. That's my job mm-hmm. on this side.
0: Yes, and in light of that too, talking about the what Jesus accomplished with His death and resurrection, that authority mm-hmm. that He has—that you know—we see Him in this chapter a little bit later casting out the legion that Mm -hmm. was in the man had so many he was possessed by so many demons that they called themselves legion because there were so many that he cast them out because he had the authority to do that and just in the chapter in chapter 7 we saw the Roman um, officer send for Jesus because his servant was sick and then he said you know what you don't I I'm not I'm not good enough for you to come to my house and I know that if if you just say it that he'll he'll be healed because he understood authority Mm -hmm. and so you know, talk a little bit about how that authority that Jesus has—that has He's given to us—about mm-hmm. how that relates to the good soil that you're talking about.
1: Well, so in order to, I think, in order to in, to grab hold of the authority that God has given us and to step into that authority in belief, um, we have to understand our identity mm-hmm. that. That truly God loves us without any act or, or anything good that we can possibly do, right? He, mm-hmm. He's chosen to love us in our filth. That, and, and not only did he choose to love us, he said, you are my daughter, you are my son. In that identity, we trust God, right? We trust him, his patience, his mercy. We need his mercy. It's by his mercy that he even envelops us at all. So you take that identity and then you marry it to what he did on Calv- in, on the hills of Calvary. He defeated the enemy. The enemy never had power. The enemy had authority. Mm. And God took back that authority. And then he turns around and says, and I give you the keys. In my name, you will do these things and more. So to understand what these things are, you have to look at Jesus. You have to look at what he did. There is an um uh, there should be a hunger in us to know what the kingdoms of heaven are like versus our worldly kingdoms here. Mm-hmm. And the kingdom of heaven for the king is a servant, right? Mm-hmm. And and in the kingdom of heaven, he heals. So to step in—so it's a two-part deal. My soil has to be rich in belief that I believe that he did take back the authority from the enemy, that he was—if you don't believe in the resurrection of Christ, you've got to go way back because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's in that resurrection— where the authority is given to us, mm-hmm. but then in the belief that we're loved so much that we can say in the name of Jesus, and a demon would have to bow to that. I think there's so much in us that petition and prayer is good. It's part of our relationship. I don't know that we spend enough time in standing in what God has done and walking in our authority, meaning that the enemy knows who we are. Mm -hmm. Jesus knows who we are. We're the only ones confused, (laughs) right? Like we're, do we get it? Do Mm -hmm. we get that we walk Mm -hmm. into a room and if somebody is really struggling with a critical spirit, we can be praying for them silently for that critical spirit to be quiet Mm -hmm. in our brother or sister of Christ. And so, you know, and it has to listen, right? Right. So that to me is part of the struggle of that fresh deep rich soil is if you have your eyes on what the world is telling you is going to happen we're losing ground all that kind of stuff then you're not walking you're not going to walk into a room with authority you're going to walk into a room going the world hates us we're losing defeated yeah defeated right yep
0: Rosie this was so good it's good yay and you're going to be back for chapter 22 i know so fun well thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with us about Luke 8
1: i love what you're doing I love this. I love what you're doing. It's a beautiful thing. So thank you for all your effort you've put into this.
0: Thank you for listening to Reading the Bible Together podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes and we'll see you next time for Luke chapter 9. The Reading the Bible Together podcast is a production of Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Hosted, produced, and edited by Angela Smith. If you've enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, consider financially supporting Faith Radio. Find more information at myfaithradio.com.